1: Hoping you're having a very pleasant Friday. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This past week, we've been looking at comments made by leaders in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints regarding the Book of Mormon, And as I mentioned yesterday, if you've been listening throughout this week, you're probably thinking, boy, those are some pretty serious statements that they make. Can they really defend a lot of those comments? Well, we don't think they can. Well, in yesterday's show, we cited 15th President Gordon B. Hinckley, who said, I can't understand why those of other faiths cannot accept the Book of Mormon. One would think that they would be looking for additional witnesses to the great and solemn truths of the Bible. Now, you would think, Eric, from that last portion of that citation, when he speaks of the solemn truths of the Bible, that it may be that Gordon B. Hinckley has a very high regard for the Bible. How high of a regard did Gordon B. Hinckley have? I'm sure he would have said, if you had asked him while he was alive, do you have a high regard of the Bible, he would probably answer in the affirmative— we find a lot of Latter-day Saints will tell us that they really revere the Bible and they do have a high regard for it, while at the same time, of all their standard works, the Bible, the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, and Pearl of Great Price, only the Bible is accepted in the LDS Church with qualification. You had mentioned Article 8 where it talks about how Latter-day Saints are to believe the Bible as far as it is translated correctly. But really, what that turns out meaning when you listen to the scholars explain Article 8 is it's talking more about transmission. But there are some statements made about the Bible in comparison to the Book of Mormon that we want to look at today, and we want to see if those statements really hold water. One of them is... Ezra Taft Benson, we've been citing Ezra Taft Benson throughout this week, but this is also found in the teachings of presidents of the church, Ezra Taft Benson, a manual that was vetted by the first presidency or correlated by the first presidency, published in 2014. This statement is found on page 129.
2: Unlike the Bible, which passed through generations of copyists, translators, and corrupt religionists who tampered with the text, the Book of Mormon came from writer to reader in just one inspired step of translation.
1: Now, let's think about what Ezra Taft Benson has said there. Unlike the Bible, right there, he's making this comparison. Of course, the comparison is between the Book of Mormon and the Bible which he says passed through generations of copyists, and yes, it did. It did go through a number of copyists, but we know from looking at the copies, we can tell where there are problem areas, and we can figure out which needs to be questioned and which does not need to be questioned. I don't know if Ezra Taft Benson knew that when he was alive, but I don't find a lot of lds leaders being very fluent in textual criticism which is where that would lie but when he says through generations of copyist translators and corrupt religionists who tampered with the text now there probably could have been corrupt religionists who tried to tamper with the text but eric wouldn't it make sense amidst all the thousands of manuscripts that we have in existence today that if there were any tampered texts by these corrupt religionists, they would be easy to spot because they would most certainly be in the minority. Because you would think most of the copies that we have were being copied by people who love the Bible. They didn't want to see corruptions in the text and were trying very hard to give us an exact duplicate, even though there was the potential for human error. Like I said earlier, though, a lot of those areas where human error could be found, we would find them because there's a way of finding them, and that would be a comparison with other texts.
2: So with that idea of textual criticism, you have to ask the Latter-day Saint, what do you mean in Article 8, that the Bible is true as far as it's translated correctly. Get them to explain to you that it is the corruption of this text. Well, that's not translation, that's the transmission of the text. Then ask them, how do they know that the text was not properly transmitted? And then another question to ask them is, so then, should I have doubt when I read the Bible that it really is the Word of God? What about the verses that Latter-day Saints use? to support their version of true doctrine. I'm going to give you an example. Joseph Smith used James chapter 1, verse 5 as a reason to determine which of all the churches were true. He would pray for wisdom, it says in James 1, 5. Or 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty nine. The idea that baptism for the dead is something that we're supposed to do today. Those are important doctrines that come from what he says, uh, going through a corrupt religionists tampering with the text. That sounds pretty serious to me.
1: It does, but there's other statements that have been made by leaders of the church that tend to cast doubt on the reliability of our New Testament. One of them is a, is a letter that comes from the first presidency and at the time the first presidency included Ezra Taft Benson, Gordon B. Hinckley, and Thomas S. Monson who would later become the president of the church himself. This was reported in the Church News on June 20th, 1992 found on page 3.
2: The Bible as it has been transmitted over the centuries has suffered the loss of many plain and precious parts. quote we believe the Bible to be the Word of God as far as it's translated correctly. We also believe the Book of Mormon to be the Word of God, end quote, Articles of Faith Eight. Many versions of the Bible are available today. Unfortunately, no original manuscripts of any portion of the Bible are available for comparison to determine the most accurate version. However, the Lord has revealed clearly the doctrines of the Gospel in these latter days. The most reliable way to measure the accuracy of any biblical passage is not by comparing different texts, but by comparison with the Book of Mormon and
1: modern-day revelations. Wow. I I mean, that last sentence there. I mean, really, think about this. The most reliable way to measure the accuracy of any biblical passage is not by comparing different texts, but by comparison with the Book of Mormon and modern day revelations. Well, of course, those modern day revelations would be within the context of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, because if you're not a member of said church, your revelations really don't mean anything to a Latter day Saint. The only revelations that mean anything are those that come forth from their leadership, especially the living prophet of the church, and there is only one of them at any given time. But this is the same First Presidency that includes Gordon B. Hinckley, who seemed to be talking about these solemn truths of the Bible. But yet this statement tends to, I guess you could say, peel back that onion to show that even though he might speak of these alleged solemn truths of the Bible— he certainly doesn't seem to hold the Bible to the same standard as the Book of Mormon because, as he and these two other men agree, that would be Ezra Taft Benson and Thomas S. Monson, the only way you're going to know if the Bible is accurate is by comparing it to the Book of Mormon and modern-day revelations. Well, that's only a good test if the Book of Mormon is true and the modern-day revelations are true. Well, that's the million-dollar question. We don't think either are true, and here is why we don't think they're true. But does that carry a lot of weight with most Latter-day Saints? Not really, because they're told not to investigate the Book of Mormon the way we would probably investigate our Bibles. So certainly there is a difference there.
2: Well, he does say something that's true. Unfortunately, no original manuscripts of any portion of the Bible are available for comparison. True statement. But doesn't that backfire on the Latter-day Saint who doesn't have the original of the Book of Mormon?
1: Good point. In other words, what he's talking about are what we would call autographs. We don't have any autographs or original text that were written by the author himself. In other words, we don't have any text that has writing on it that was written by, let's say, the Apostle Paul or the Apostle Peter None of those exist. There's a good reason why none of them exist. They were used over and over and over to give us the copies that we have. You would think that over time, they would probably wear out. And once they would wear out, lest there be any mistakes made from a text that is hard to read, they wouldn't want to use it anymore. That, I think, goes more towards why the copyist was trying to be as precise as they could possibly be and giving us an accurate rendition of the previous generation of text rather than these corrupt religionists purposely making these mistakes. Again, I'm not trying to say that that wasn't possible, but you would certainly be able to tell when those forgeries would pop up because you would compare them with all the many other texts that are out there that would be saying something completely different and saying the same thing at the same time.
2: Bill, certainly Latter-day Saint scholars are going to agree that the Bible cannot be trusted, would you say?
1: No, I wouldn't say that. In fact, I've often commented that it's usually the LDS leaders or LDS lay people that buy into this argument that we cannot trust the transmission of our text. There was a BYU scholar, a BYU professor by the name of Lloyd Anderson, and we've cited him before on this show, but I think in this context, it's worth citing Lloyd Anderson again when he spoke at a conference back in 1963 dealing with this very subject.
2: He said one can disagree with the textual assumptions behind some of the modern translations of the New Testament and still not be overly concerned with differences that are immaterial. For a book to undergo progressive uncovering of its manuscript history and come out with so little debatable in its text is a great tribute to its essential authenticity. First, no new manuscript discovery has produced serious differences in the essential story. This survey has disclosed the leading textual controversies, and together they would be well within 1% of the text. Stated differently, all manuscripts agree on the essential correctness of 99% of all the verses in the New Testament. The second great fact that such a survey demonstrates is the progress that has placed the world in possession of manuscripts very near to the time of their writing. One would have to be a student of ancient history to appreciate how much superior the New Testament is to any other book in its manuscript tradition.
1: That's quite a statement. And folks, that is coming from a man who was a professor at Brigham Young University. You cannot teach at Brigham Young University unless you are a temple Latter-day Saint. In other words, you have to go through the interview process basically saying that you agree with the essential doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is why I'm saying that the scholars, and this would be one of them, Lloyd Anderson, the scholars don't always go along with what the LDS leaders say on these subjects. They've studied this.
2: Anderson was talking about the New Testament. What about the Old Testament? Well, Donald W. Perry uh, wrote in the Inside Magazine, December of 2014, page 61, in an article titled The Dead Sea Scrolls Window to the Modern Bible, he said, when we consider the ancient methods of transmitting text by hand, we realize that the Bible went through a remarkable process to make it into this century. The Dead Sea Scrolls stand as a witness that the Old Testament has been passed down through the centuries with a respectable degree of accuracy.
1: And this, folks, is why when we hear someone like Orson Pratt say that the nature of the message in the Book of Mormon is such that if false, No one can possibly be saved and receive it. If that's a standard given by an LDS apostle, that's what compels us to reach out to the Latter-day Saint with the information that we have discovered.
0: Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism.